0: Hi. Hello. My name is Lauren. My name is Luana
1: and we talk about books. So, we have to put a massive like asterisk on this episode because it's severely delayed and that is a function of like me versus technical difficulties. So we recorded it and it was a mess. And now we're going to record the Cliff Notes version for you. You're really sorry. Um, Forgive us. But we will be sure to put a link in the show notes to an article about the book in case you, you know, really enjoyed it, really are like your interest is peaked by what we say, and just like want to, you know, get the broadest experience. So, number two, we are talking about The Seven Necessary Sins of Four Women and Girls by Mona Etalwe, who is an exceptional Egyptian feminist, um, campaigner, advocate, journalist, you name it. She has an incredible um, newsletter. I get that newsletter, let me get the name. It's such a good read. Yes, the newsletter is called Feminist Giant and you get it once a week and it's like a roundup of global news related to feminist advocacy and women's causes. So sign up to that and I think I'll pop that in the notes as well. Definitely yeah. Out. And we are just going to chat about our overall feelings of the book and our um, a favourites in each. So, babe, do you want to start?
0: All right, so... M- off of Lauren's introduction the book was definitely such an amazing read Um, and I absolutely learned so much and I really enjoyed it especially during Women's Month so one of the seven necessary sins that I really enjoyed and really learned a lot from was ambition and I think when we talk about women's issues especially and what we face in society having ambition and our ambitions is very much something that is talked about through every generation. And in this kind of perspective of how with with women, there's always been a glass ceiling and how sometimes a woman who has ambition is very much villainized. So whether it's um, being a working mom, whether it's someone who decides to prioritize their career um, or even just someone who has a good career and perhaps is single, people will use that against them. As you know, like um, everyone always says, like in Flawless and with Chimamanda, it's the, you should have ambition, but not too much. So the audacity or the, the gal to have big hopes and dreams is sometimes something that is kind of pushed against us. And I feel like we have so much, we already face institutionalized um, inequality where we're not given enough opportunities to have ambition to dream. And someone who has ambition for, especially as a woman, when you have ambition, I feel like we are we face so much backlash over it. Whereas men were like, "Oh my gosh, he's such a visionary, he's a dreamer." And sometimes as women, it, you know, who, like last time when we unfortunately had. The episode that was deleted. I said, you know, how many women do we actually call visionaries? I always see men. They're visionary. They're you know ahead of their time. They're you know the biggest. You know, whenever we talk about visionaries, there's so many men that are named, but then kind of when it comes to women, we're like, oh my gosh. Um, 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 and then even the women who we have today as role models, calling them visionaries, people are always quick to kind of criticize. So I really loved. I loved um, that chapter and how we can kind of see that ambition is something that's used against us, and also it's something that we have to fight for so much. Like just to have the, just to be ambitious is already a fight in itself. So I really, I enjoyed that um, that chapter, especially relating it to business and how like the industry that I work in. So I kind of really understood that how it's it's enough to have ambition, but it's so hard to work when the system is strategically flawed to make sure that, I well not to make sure, but it's strategically flawed and it's not in my favor. So in that chapter, we kind of talk about how we need to even out the playing field and how we need to um, work on restructuring the systems that have been created by men they benefit from so I really enjoyed that chapter and I think it's about time that we kind of go back into the into the drawing board and create a new system that works for everyone what about you Lauren which chapter did you thoroughly enjoy
1: so I I enjoyed all of them I especially enjoyed ambition because I had my own Mm -hmm. thing to work through Um, personally with respect to my own ambition and my own expectations And that chapter is a nice framing for it. But I wanted to talk about the final sin, which was lust. Because it's just, it's just, it's just incredibly important. I think, not even I think, we know that um, the sexual pleasure of women is simply not allowed. Just like, that is it. It is not allowed. It is not encouraged. It is not um, centered in how sex education works and how many like cultures and traditions and religions speak of sex and just like, you know, I don't know. The grand tragedy of the orgasm gap is kind of all the evidence you need. So I just like Uh a few quotes that I think are exceptional and just like really spark something. Um, The first one being how consenting adults express their sexuality is nobody's business because the key words here are consenting and adults when I say that women and girls must practice the sin of lust, I'm not saying that like 13-year-old girls should be having sex at all. I think they can have sex with themselves. But like, I think we need to remind people and empower people with the skill and the right to practice consent and give consent and take it away. And just, I think the way the way in any society sex is discussed and framed for women and girls doesn't remind people of that. And that's like rapidly changing and getting so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if you are a consenting grown person, what you're doing is nobody's business except yours and the person you're doing it with, the person or people you're doing it with. And just like reading the chapter, and it's the final chapter as well, was just so much fun because of how it like she really walks into how sex and enjoying sex as a woman is actively working against the patriarchy it's just like the biggest middle finger it's like no 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 and the way she was socialized because you know she's writing this book from her point of view as an Egyptian woman of um of an Egyptian woman of Muslim descent and she says um, she, you know, waited to have sex and then she had sex when she was 29 and she's been making up for most time since and she was so ashamed and guilty that she didn't end up just like, you know, abstaining to a marriage and what like the implications it had for her faith and the implications it had for her, you know, culture and her socialization. And this other exceptional co- quote is her literally saying, and as for the guilt that I initially felt about that transgression... I fucked it out of my system. Because again, consenting adults can do whatever they want. And this guilt is provided to girls in ways it's never provided to boys. And it's also just like incredibly irrational, assuming you like took part in some kind of safe, happy, consensual sexual practice. It's just really, really unnecessary. It's very unfair. And when she gave all the examples of campaigns that are running, all around the world that are just advocating for all women to be able to practice um, safe sex, all women to be able to practice their agency. Um, Agency needs to be practiced in many, many, many fields, but it also needs to be practiced in this like exceptionally, specifically um, personal field. And it's like really complicated and sexuality is really fluid and all of these things are happening and you should just get that thing and enjoy that thing. Like, that is it. Another epic quote was, in May 2016, a South African feminist, uh, Ntabu Singh Noa, launched a nationwide campaign called Fill Up This Pussy. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) um, To get South Africans talking about consent, slut-shaming, and women's pleasure with the vision to have a world of people who get toe-curling orgasms and experience, that, and experience that party that sex is. Women and girls are sexually assaulted at alarming rates. And one of many things that we need to do to correct that is encourage women and girls to use their agency to participate in the sexual pleasure that they want to and also like actually experience good sex. So love that chapter amongst the rest
0: yeah no I love that and I think it's it's so true like especially with that chapter we look at um just women today and how so many just embracing your sexuality or you know we get crucified so much for like not even half of the things that men do and I think it's um again, it's a double standard and it's something that, again, benefits men more than it benefits women. And I think it's so important to just talk about it. And I think it's important to just educate everyone because, again, there's nothing that in this, I feel like I always say it when, even when I was reading the book, I'm like in this 2022, like this is what we're still facing. And it's disheartening, but it's also just one of those things where you know, slow and steady wins the race. And as long as people are knowing about this, that's like the most important part. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, uh, babe, what would you rate this book Um, from like, I guess, no stars to five stars? I'm giving
0: it five. I think it's just something that's so important, especially as like a coming of age book. I felt like for not coming of age book but I think for me reading it while I feel like I'm kind of coming into my own skin was so important because and it's good to just sometimes just know like it's okay because sometimes you can be in an environment where maybe you're not allowed to express yourself in the way that you are and you can be in a very um you know closed-minded society or closed-minded environment and you feel like there's not a lot of people that like relate to you so I really enjoyed the book because it was one of those things where like maybe I don't have the physical presence and I don't see it but then reading it I know that it's there
1: amazing I agree I think it's a five-star read it's it's not super easy but I don't think you know we should water down topics like this that are just maddening and upsetting. Um, And Mona's voice is incredibly compelling. So if you're looking for someone who's driving a narrative and just like writing exceptionally well, while including other important facts, um, this is definitely a book to pick up.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So like I said, I'll put a link to her newsletter and we'll include a link to like a little blog, bloggy blog we wrote about this. And yeah. We hope you
0: enjoyed this, like, shorter episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Thank you.